Yes, I said it. I said watching this. Um, and you see my face. You see my guitar. I played that live. That was uh, not a pre-recorded version of the song. Uh, and so that you're probably thinking, what, what's going on? Why, why is this different? Why didn't he read a psalm? Uh, where's Grant? Where is Grant? Is Grant okay? Grant's fine. Uh, so is Justin. Uh, and so am I, for that matter. Uh, so is... FNH and all of the cool people that have uh, helped uh, us get to where we are today. Um, unfortunately, we are we've been getting hit real, real hard by real life in the past couple months uh, since around Thanksgiving. Really, um, all three of us—me, Grant, and Justin—have all changed jobs since uh, since then. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a little weird. It's been a little bit weird. So I'm going to try something new today. I am recording a video of this and I'm going to pull the, the audio and I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to put it straight on to the, to the, the website. It's going to be great. And you get to hear all of my little flubs and stuff. Um, so tried something new, played a little intro, uh, live. And uh, I'm also recorded I recorded a uh, a song right before I did this video, and uh, I'm gonna put that online as well. Um, and so I'm calling this I'm calling this Balm and Gilead flying solo. I think that's probably accurate enough. And I'm gonna try to do these from time to time, um, especially when real life is just getting us down and we can't coordinate our schedules. And it's just me. Um, we had huge gap, uh, right after Christmas, we had like a six week gap and right now we're at a three week gap and we couldn't record last night because we just couldn't coordinate everything together. Um, so if you could, I'm just going to throw out some prayer requests real quick. Pray for Justin to find a house. He is in the middle of a move. He sold his house and moved in, uh, with his in-laws and that's been a good temporary situation uh emphasis on temporary and so he may not be back on the show until he gets his own place and can set up his own recording area and so pray for that the job the uh the housing market where he is has not been kind to him uh so just pray that he finds a house this week pray that he that, that he finds exactly what he needs pray that happens this week um also pray for me uh, I am starting a new job as I'm recording this. I'm starting a new job tomorrow. Uh, it is still a temporary but long-term position that could hopefully lead to a uh, full-time permanent position. Um, so I'm excited, very excited about uh, about this particular change. I'm going to be teaching math um, exclusively, and I get to actually teach it and not just babysit 
uh, children. Even if they're cool children, they're still children and I'm still babysitting most of the time, but not anymore. I'm moving into an actual teaching position. It's just temporary, um, but it's for the rest of the semester. So that's good. Uh, pray for Grant. I know that he uh, is still kind of getting into his new job. Justin also got a new job, like brand new job. Um, so pray for that as well. So pray for us. Pray that our uh, family lives stay sane. Pray that um, pray that God's will is done in every facet of our lives. But pray that we can get back into the swing of things in the podcast because I miss it. I miss doing this as often as we have been doing it. Um, so some other cool things going on. Oh, I, I got a car. I got a new car. Uh, oh, I will be. By the time that you guys are watching this, I probably have it. I have purchased a new vehicle. It is, I did it online. It's my second time to do this. Uh, if you remember, I was in a car accident, totaled my car, that I, the first car I bought online, and I was very sad about that. It was even sadder that there's nothing available. Very, very little is available, but I get to buy my dream car. And you may be thinking, why would you splurge on something like a dream car when, when there's not a whole lot out there? Well, my dream car is a Ford Transit passenger van, and I have a lot of children to put in it, and I'm very excited that we that was what we found. So what we found was my dream car, so I was very excited about that. So um, so yeah, new job, new vehicle. Uh, so going into all this, it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time that we're in. Uh, but enough about that. Let's talk about the future. Um, so Balm and Gilead, we have a lot of really exciting things coming up. We have some album reviews of some of our favorite um, our favorite albums. So this isn't, we just finished the Mars Hill album reviews. And that was to kind of prove a point that there must have been something good going on at the church uh, in, at Mars Hill in Seattle back in the day. Um, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast paints the entire church in a really, really, really negative light. And we wanted to shed some light on the good because what we have learned, if anything, is the music and the quality of the music reflects the teaching of the church. We get people like Bethel and Hillsong and their music is very shallow. If, if, if it passes the test at all, it's incredibly shallow. It doesn't go deep. It doesn't have a high view of scripture. It doesn't have a high view of theology. Very emotions-driven music. And if you listen to their sermons, they don't go very deep. It's very emotions-driven. It doesn't have a high view of scripture. And, um, and so we can tell that those churches are less than quality because their music, the quality of the lyrics of the music, is reflective, reflective of the quality of the teaching, and so we know that Driscoll wasn't the best. We know that he uh, did some really terrible things, and um, and we. I was actually reading through. I'm reading through Acts with my children for family worship, and uh, more on that in a little bit. But spoiler alert. Uh, so we're reading through some of Acts. And we got to the part of Ananias and Sapphira. And the real sin that Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira did, it wasn't lying and it wasn't stealing. It was trying to take God's glory away from him. That was their big sin. 
I've, I've heard sermons on their big sin was they stole money from God. So you should tithe because God will kill you if you don't tithe. That is a terrible sermon. Terrible sermon. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Um, but Ananias and Sapphira, their big sin was they tried to steal God's glory away from him. Not his money, his glory. We know this because we see uh, Barnabas sold a piece of land and he gave all of the money to God and God was glorified. And so Ananias and Sapphira, they sold some property, gave part of it to God and told God and told the church that they were giving all of it. This was to shed glory on themselves. They didn't want God to get all the glory. If they wanted God to get all the glory, they would have been honest with what they did. They didn't have to give him all the money, but they could have said, we sold some land and we're, we're keeping some of the money for us because we need it, but we are giving this portion. And the church would have said, God be glorified. But they wanted, they wanted to receive more glory. And so they kept some of the money and lied about it to so that everyone could see how selfless they were and how, um, you know, just they wanted to get the praise. They wanted the glory. And as God, as Jesus said of the Pharisees, they got their reward. Um, they got it just before they hit the floor dead um, because God will not share his glory. We learn that from, from the Old Testament. We learn that from uh, Nadab and Abihu who brought God what they thought was better. And so they, they wanted to get God's glory as well. They wanted to say, hey, we can do something better than what God has said. And so we should be praised for it. And God killed them. So we have a consistent God. We have an immutable God. Um, but God always uh, deserves all the glory. He will, he will always get all of the glory. So tying that back in with Mars Hill, uh, Driscoll, he wanted some of God's glory. So he stole money from his church to buy his book so that he would become popular. And I believe wholeheartedly that the reason why Mars Hill does not exist today, but Bethel does, is because something good was going on at Mars Hill. And God, uh, God disciplines his children. So the fact that Mars Hill got disciplined and Bethel did not should say a lot about Bethel's standing as a as not a child of God and Mars Hill's standing as a child of God. So if you're trying to figure out what songs you want for your church and you want to have more contemporary sounding music, please check out Mars Hill stuff. Their stuff is excellent. High, high view of scripture. Um, excellent exposition of that scripture and just good quality music. Very good quality music. So look there before you look at Bethel, before you look at Elevation and Hillsong. Please check out Mars Hill music. Uh, so anyway, again, that's the past off on a rabbit trail. The future, we're going to talk about three particular albums. And I want you guys to go ahead, do your, this is your homework, your homework assignment. One of homework assignment number one, go listen to these three albums. We will be reviewing them pretty extensively. Uh, I don't know if we're going to review every song or if we're going to even do a whole lot of lyric by lyric, line by line analysis, but we're going to review pretty extensively the three following albums. Philippians by Solos. You've heard us talk about that album before. Actually, you've heard us talk about both these other two as well, but Philippians uh, by Solos. If you have not listened to it yet, listen to it. 
Listen to it all the way through from beginning to end in one sitting, if you can. That's how it was designed. Um, there's some interesting stuff. There's some a little bit avant-garde type things going on. It's That's the way of Solos. Um, so I don't love all of it, but I do like all of it, and I love a lot of it. So take that for what it is. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of avant-garde type stuff, but I think they do a really good job with... Uh, with what they with what they do so please listen through that album from beginning to end uh these next two albums you don't have to listen to them from beginning to end but uh these are two of my favorite albums i've i've not known them for very long so i have they're competing with a lot of of my favorite albums from my entire life and i still say these are probably two of my top five if not top three if not top two albums of all time um so check me out in about 10 years and see if they're still my two favorite albums. I don't know. But um, Foreign Made by Poor Bishop Hooper. You've heard me talk about this album. If you've not listened to this one or to the Solace album yet, shame on you because you know better. But please go check those two albums out. Foreign Made by Poor Bishop Hooper and then Philippians by Solace. And then my last album, uh, it's called Into the Lantern Waste by Sarah Sparks. We talked about this on our last episode. Um, I shared it with FNH, and he has been listening to it probably more than I have, which is so much fun because it is just—it's just such a great album. My kids love it. It's Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, in in a nutshell, what she did was she took the stories of Chronicles of Narnia, found where they align with Scripture, what truth they're trying to teach us, like what Scripture truth they're trying to teach us. And then trying to apply that to our lives, to especially or to her life in particular, while still keeping that whimsical nature of, of Narnia. I mean, this is a brilliant, brilliant album. I could not write this album. Uh, I'm, I'm not the best songwriter. I like to think that I am from time to time. But I can comfortably, confidently say that her songwriting skills far exceed mine because she took on a massive project and did it beautifully. Fantastic album. So go listen to those three albums. We will be reviewing them all. So if you are familiar with them, then you may have your input. Um, also, if you want to email us, if you are listening to these albums and you're like, I really like this, I really like that, or here's another album that's really similar, I think that you will like, please send us suggestions at thereis at balmcast.com. Uh, we would love to hear your, your suggestions on um, albums that you would like to hear us review or uh, songs you'd like to hear us review, um, or just we'd like to hear what you think about certain things. Uh, even if you say, hey, you said this, and I disagree with you, and here is why. I would love to get those. Uh, to get those. I'd, I'd love to dialogue. Um, anyway, uh, your homework assignment number one, listen to those three albums. Your homework assignment number two is going to take a little bit longer. It's, I'm going to list three books that we will be reviewing in months to come so we we're still a little ways out on this but i mentioned it earlier that we're reading through acts at family worship and uh, we want to encourage all of you if you have not um, if you if you are not in the practice or the habit of doing family worship or like a private dedicated worship if you don't have a family um, please please start this this practice it is not it's never too late to start implementing family worship so we're going to review three books. One is called Family Worship by Donald S. Whitney. Um, the second is called 
Family Worship by Joel Beakey. The third is called Family Shepherds by Vodi Bakum. Admittedly, I have not read the third book yet. Um, I've had it on my bookshelf for years, have not read it yet. Uh, I've skimmed it, it looks great, but it looks like information that I'm already implementing, so I haven't taken the time to, to dive deep into it just yet. But I will, as my homework assignment, before we review it on the show. So those three books again, Family Worship by Donald S. Whitney, Family Worship by Joel R. Beakey, and Family Shepherds by Vodi Bakum. Uh, quick story, Vodi Bakum once spoke at my college, actually he spoke several times, but one time in particular he spoke on marriage, and he said if you are in, if you are in a serious relationship and you're waiting for some reason to get married, you're waiting for this out or the other, stop waiting and go get married. And uh, my wife and I probably got married a year earlier than, than we intended because of that. So thank you, Vodi. I really appreciate it um, because that first year of marriage would have been very different otherwise. So there's that. Um, we were, so that'll cover most of our upcoming episodes. We do have one episode that we plan on doing where maybe, maybe two, maybe three episodes. So a, a mini series on this idea of um, holding in tension the uh, the royalties argument and the Ken's rule. So what happens when someone was writing music within the with a within a covenant membership? So they're writing great songs. The band or the ministry that they wrote these songs in was um, was on was on point. Uh, operating from within inside the covenant, uh, no problems at all. But then the individual either leaves a faith or becomes um, super progressive and starts a new ministry. And this new ministry is really, really super woke, writing terrible music, um, don't recommend it to anyone type things. And uh, so what happens when you want to use a song from the first ministry that's good, knowing that the royalties will still go to the bad ministry because of the songwriter, because who is doing it, who will get the royalties. How do you hold that intention? Um, the short answer is it's every individual has to make that decision on their own. There's not a great, strong, solid biblical argument either way, but we're gonna talk about that. Um, the specific individual is a guy named Isaac Wardell that we're going to talk about. Uh, he was the chief songwriter for Bifrost Arts, who wrote a lot of really, really great songs. We've talked about uh, Psalm 126 that they did. We talked about the album Lamentations um, that was, uh, or Lament Songs or something along those lines. That was really, really, really good. Uh, we talked about that on, on episode uh, 22, part two. Um, so, you know, this, this guy, he wrote some really great stuff, but then he's also the chief songwriter for the Porter's Gate, which you've also heard us talk about that have great numbers like Oh Sacred Neck Now Wounded that compares Jesus Christ with George Floyd. And that's just terrible, terrible. Like, why? So if you sing Psalm 126, it, the royalties will go to help fund future George Floyd worship songs. So what do you do? We're going to talk about that. 
uh, as of now, I'm just going to leave you with that question, like with that thought. You know, there is a tension there. Uh, that is, those are strong issues, and uh, I'm curious to know what you think about that. So again, if you have an answer, please uh, contact us at thereis at balmcast.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, but that is not what I am talking about today. So that's all about the future. I've talked about the past. I've talked about the future. So let's talk about today. So today we are going to talk about um, CCM uh, broadly in general, uh, or and more specifically, um, how the system set up by CCM is flawed. So I was on Not The Bee uh, having a conversation with another member there. And um, it was someone posted this overarching thing. Hey, today let's talk about unpopular opinions. And so I said something to the effect of most songwriters within CCM have uh, are not qualified to write Christian music. And specifically, they're not qualified from a biblical standpoint to write Christian music. A uh, lot of lot of uh, uh, echo chamber uh, comments, you know. Yeah, I love hearing people say that stuff like that. Um, but I, I had a few other comments that that led to genuine discussion. And this was one of the more interesting conversations that came out of that was this idea of, well, what is a beginning Christian songwriter going to do? You know, what if there's someone who is just getting their just getting their feet wet in the whole songwriting thing. They have had a personal experience with God and they want to share their personal experience through music because they are a songwriter and they're, uh, but they're new and they're just trying to get their feet wet. You know, what kind of grace can you give that individual? Um, And so I wanted to point out a few, I'd say um, a few Concerns with with that particular line of, of thought. Um, I'd say the first thing I'd like to point out in that is that would be a very fringe case. Uh, if uh, if there's someone who's brand new, like we're talking about, like first album, uh, their theology may not be as strong as their tenth album. Uh, that's to be expected. As someone grows in their in their faith, they should become sharper in in their theology. So their first album should be probably more along the surface level, and then it should go deeper. They may say something a little bit off, but they may be corrected as they grow. That's to be expected. And so to that end, I would say there should be some grace there, uh, but I'll, I'll get more into that in a little bit. I'd say the biggest. Uh, my biggest rebuttal to this particular argument is the majority of music being written in CCM is not by new artists. It's by seasoned artists, seasoned artists who should know better, who should be sharpened in their theology, but have chosen not to pursue deeper theology and have chosen to pursue, um, chosen to, to go wide instead of deep. Uh, and I'm going to say Bethel and Hillsong are of the worst for this elevation as well. They are writing the same level of song now that they were for the for decades, uh, especially for Hillsong. Hillsong was paving the way back in the day. Um, you know, there's stuff that they're right today. It's not that much deeper than Shine Jesus Shine, 
or that wasn't them. Uh, Lord, I lift your name on high. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's not. They don't go deep. They go wide, and I would have to think that because they've been in the game for so long, I, I it hits me that it's for the money. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong. That could be a very ungracious approach, and and I'm willing to admit that. Uh, I'd love to be proven wrong on that, but the fact that they keep going wide and they never go deep um, makes me think it's about the money, about how much can we pump out. Um, of course, Hillsong in the past several years, they have written a song that promotes theistic evolution, uh, and so will I. They've also written a song, um, uh, I think it's called, the title is Not Today, which literally quotes an LGBTQ advocate uh, who was a contestant on the the uh, drag queen show called uh, Drag Race, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, who won, when one of the contestants got kicked off, they said, you know, not today, Satan. And that was coined at that time, not today, Satan. And it was in reference to losing a drag queen competition. And this particular Hillsong says, let the devil know not today. And I have to think that they are quoting the what, what became a cultural expression, but originated from an LGBTQ activist. So why are we quoting LGBTQ activists and not scripture, especially for a seasoned band like Hillsong? So that's, that's kind of rebuttal number one is new, the, the market's not being flooded with new music it's being flooded with old music and this old music doesn't isn't theologically deep so um so there's that the second thing i would say is for new artists that are wanting to grow deeper um i would say they should focus on general songwriting first like hey if i need if i'm not a great songwriter let me not get my let me not get my feet wet with what should be a deep exchange of theological ideas let me get my feet wet on on something much much simpler folk songs for my for my wife you know or something like that or uh general christian living songs uh type two type three music um you know things like what colony house or switchfooter writing reliant k which reliant k may be about to fall off the deep end i know that they're touring with a homosexual Christian artist and so there's some stuff going on but anyway that's neither here nor there um, so you know just songs that are more general uh, let's have out a Chronicles of Narnia concept album you know let's do something like that let's not write music that is intended to be sung in church um, as my first album like that's that is probably not what we should do and I think that the system in CCM is set up to push people to be writing church music right out of the gate. That's what's popular. That's what's making money. So let's get these new artists who may not be qualified to have any sort of church leadership position, um, either by stage in life or recent conversion or even lifestyle. You know, there's lots of things that would make you disqualified from, from, uh, being in church leadership, but these people that are not qualified are writing music that other people in church are singing as their as their worship expression. Um, 
they're being led to sing these words that are written by people that are unqualified. And that's an issue. That is a major, major issue that is being promoted by the leaders of CCM because it's making money. And I have a problem with that. So if you are a new artist and you want to express your Christianity, uh, you don't have to write type one music right out of the gate. You can write type two, you can write type three music. You can do a concept album on, um, on a children's book. You can do, um, you, you can even do a, if you're studying through a book of scripture, you can you know, try to pull out some verses and write songs where you're writing direct quotes from scripture where you're not explicating them, but you're trying to do like the corner room uh, word for word scripture, or maybe uh, maybe something like Solace, where that would be very difficult to do as a first album, but maybe something like that. Maybe some, maybe you're doing psalm paraphrases as your first songs. Um, that is stepping into the type one area, but it's still safer than trying to come up with your own ideas. Um, so those are those are some things I would say are not good reasons for there to be so much shallow music in the in CCM right now. So it all boils down to this. Um, the system is pushing for this idea of shallow worship music. The system is, is doing that. So the system is a flawed system. And quite honestly, the system should be, um, should be done away with. Uh, CCM, I know there's lots of money in CCM. There's lots of... Um, I mean, there's there's lots of hurdles uh, to do it. It's a very exclusive um, club to, to be in. Um, but I, I challenge you, if you are a Christian songwriter, just go straight to Spotify. Skip CCM. Skip that. You're not going to get on the radio anyway. People don't listen to the radio very much more anymore these days. Um, some people do, but the majority of, of you know generation... Um, you know, the millennials, Generation Z especially, you know, they are listening to Spotify. So get your stuff on Spotify and you can get onto playlists. You know, we will put your stuff on playlists at the Balm and Gilead. We don't have a huge reach, but you can share our playlist with your friends and, um, and we will, you know, we'll, we'll help promote you if, if that's what you want. Uh, we'll, we'll help you get to at least minister to some people. But I, I think... Again, what the system promotes is I'm writing this song and I want the world to hear it. But maybe God doesn't want the world to hear it. Maybe God wants your world to hear it. Maybe God wants your family to hear it. Maybe your friends, maybe your church. And that's it. Um, you don't get to choose who, how your fruit is used. You just produce the fruit. God calls you to produce fruit and you produce it. And then God will do with it what he wants and what he wills. And when you live by that philosophy, um, then you find it a lot easier to, to do what you want to do with your music. You, and if you do go the Spotify route, just straight to Spotify, then you're not worrying too much about what some big record producer wants you to do. You're just doing what, what you want to do. And as you learn more about theology, then you can write more type one style music. You can write more music for your personal private worship. You can write more music um, to be sung in your church if you have that outlet. Um, but if not, then you can you, know, you can still worship God in your own home. You're supposed to. 
And so that is that that is that is your outlet. Like that's how you're supposed to do it. That's how you're supposed to do it. Dad. One second. I've got some company. Yes. I'll be up in just a little bit till I'm almost done. Okay. I'm okay. And so, um, so that's how that's how you can do it. You can just go. You can go that Spotify route, and you can just play. You can just do what you want to do. Um, however, please keep in mind that uh, you, if you are writing music for worship, you must be qualified to lead in a church. Um, this can be more challenging if you are a woman because women are not uh, permitted to lead in church as far as offices of elders and deacons. So as songwriting goes, I would highly encourage anyone that wants to write music, any female that wants to write music for the church, to work with the leadership in your church as you are writing it. To not, uh, you know, to, you, it's, it's good to get people's feedback anyway, but if you're writing music and you are not qualified because of that reason, um, get someone who is qualified to help you, either to just review it, to give you guidance, or um, to um, to even help you co-write music. I think that would be really helpful. And even even if you are qualified to lead in a church, it's still good to get that sort of help. So this isn't men can do it on their own, but women must get help. No, it's everyone should be getting help because songwriting is it's a difficult thing and we will and you, it's, you're more likely to do a better job if you are working together with someone so um that's really what i have for the day so the again the the question that was raised was you know how is someone who is new to the faith or who is new to songwriting or who hasn't studied theology so much how like should you give them grace for when they begin writing um, church music and the answer is uh, in general yes you can give them that grace but it's better to help them along to do what you can to to help someone along or to uh, encourage them not to start with church music but to start with uh, with type 2 with type 3 music and um, and um, ultimately avoid CCM CCM is a broken system and uh, yeah, so don't don't go there. So that is all I have for the day. So again, to close out, all I can really say is, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. <laughs>